You're listening to episode 252 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Hawley. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols, and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome to the show. So glad you are here. I hope you are doing well. I hope this episode is finding you well. And if you haven't heard it yet today, you were special. You were doing an amazing job. You were doing the best with what you have. And that is so awesome. It is so, so awesome. (laughs) I needed to let you know that. Today, I wanted to make sure that we had a tangible episode. This is going to be very much just like tangible information um, to give you regarding physical activity and both from a cardiovascular standpoint as well as a strength-based perspective and from a daily amount of activity to a weekly amount of of activity. Um, When we're talking about from a health and wellness standpoint, physical activity recommendations or amounts of movement people are getting, here's the thing. It's helpful to understand in general where things are shaping out to day to day but also week to week because if you think about something like a step count sure there might be some variety day to day but for the most part um, we tend to get similar amounts of steps depending on what our lifestyles are like so for something like a step count it can be helpful to have a daily step count but if you think of something like strength training resistance-based training um, that type of training is most effective when it's actually not done every single day when it's done one day and then you take a rest day or maybe two rest days and then you show up to the next day. So from that perspective, that's why in this episode you'll hear me talk about not only daily movement but also weekly movement patterns because patterns <laughs> because both of them matter and both of them weave together to create a really rich story of your fitness habits. And fitness is going to be super important when it comes to mental health, when it comes to managing emotions. If you tend to feel more ramped up or lower day to day, week to week, monthly, during the different seasons, there's huge, huge benefit to paying a bit of attention to your general movement. Now, here's the thing. As you listen to this episode, you might start to notice, oh, you might start to get some ideas around where you want to plug and play when it comes to tweaking and like diet. I'm like imagining, you know, turning the knob on a dial uh, when it comes to your movement patterns. So first, I want to start with the physical activity recommendations as based off of the CDC website. Um, And it's pretty standard for adults. It's going to be different for children and for infants. Um, And it does change a little bit for uh, people who would be considered elderly and of, of advanced age, which I'll mention in just a second. But in general, across the adult lifespan, the physical activity recommendations from the CDC are 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity. So basically what that boils down to is five days a week, getting about 30 minutes or more per day of a brisk walk, that would be considered moderate intensity, or 
like a brisk walk at a minimum or something that is more intense. Um, in addition to those 150 minutes weekly of moderate intensity of physical activity, the CDC also recommends two sessions weekly of strength training. And really the only difference between adult and then um, for those who are adult but 65 or older is in addition to the 150 minutes weekly of moderate intensity physical activity and the two weekly minimum sessions of strength training, also adding in um, weekly balance training as well to help support and kind of guard against um, potential falls and risks associated with falling um, at more advanced ages. So there are a couple different ways when it comes to cardiovascular exercise, walking, running, jogging, um, gardening, swimming, all of that, that biking, like so many different forms of ways that we can get our heart rate up. That's the easy way to think about what, what exactly cardiovascular energy is, is like what gets your heart rate up? So we can talk about it in terms of daily amounts, weekly amounts, we could even talk about monthly amounts, but what is most uh, utilitarian and useful is talking about it in terms of daily amount and then what that shakes out to into weekly amounts. But there's a couple other ways that we talk about. So in the example I just provided, it's we're talking about it from a time-based perspective, 150 minutes per week broken out into whatever is reasonable and supportive for you. A very simple way that I shared already is 150 divided by 5 equals 30 minutes per day for 5 of those 7 days of the week. There's another way to consider cardiovascular-based exercise, and that is looking at your step count. So I'm also going to be providing information around generally how to think about step count. Um, if you follow me on social media, you saw that now it's been a couple of weeks, I got myself a pedometer. And for the longest time, I have simply given myself, I go on about an 80-minute walk, and if I can't do that all in one stretch, then I know, okay, I need a couple 40-minute sessions, or I just know that per day, about 80 minutes of walking gets me where I want to be. Whether that's all in one go, or it's broken down into however it needs to break down for the day if I have a busier schedule. But... I also recognize that, you know, not everyone thinks in time. Sometimes counting in a different way is more approachable for other people. We all, Any tool that you learn about, whether it's on this podcast or from other health and wellness people, like just, you know, the general lexicon, remember that tools are just tools. And so if there's a tool that really resonates with you, for me, for the longest time, I didn't want to have to wear a pedometer. Um, if I didn't want to wear like a fitness watch or a tracker, I had had one years ago to help me assess my sleep. When I was going through a really stressful time in my life, I was like, am I getting any sleep? And having the fitness tracker was actually really helpful. Um, and so for a while when I was wearing that, I was naturally uh, getting a tally on my step count and that was useful then but I didn't want to have any wearable technology. So for me, for the longest time, what was really helpful was just having a time amount. Like I was saying, those 80 minutes, that was useful for me on the daily. But again, it's all just tools. So if you want to look at tallying from a time perspective, fantastic. Um, you could go off of the CDC's recommendations, jot down your movement, especially the intentional movement that you're choosing to create time for day to day, jot down total amounts of minutes and then tally them for the week. 
and see where it shakes out or do it for a couple of weeks and see what your average tends to be. That's a great way to approach activity levels. But also if you're looking for another way to approach activity levels, you can also look at step counts. So I'm going to go over um, what step counts are associated with sedentary levels of activity, being lightly active, moderately active, highly active, or being athletic, because I know people also just want to hear the tangibles of what step count would equal what. And remember, this is all with a grain of salt, okay? So it's not like you hit after, you know, 5,001 steps, now you're in a completely different bracket. It's just a general way to gauge how much movement one human body is getting. And as I go on to explain these different categories, remember that for most people, if you aren't aware of your activity levels, if that isn't something you focused on before, if you've taken a big break from focusing on that, um, but you have kind of a feeling that you may be needing more movement, like that's the part of the scale that you know that you're on in terms of like, you're like, oh, I'm not overly active. I'm not trying to reduce how much movement I'm getting. Most folks will fall into sedentary or lightly active levels. Um, that's what I find time and time again. And remember, there's nothing wrong with that. This is all just neutral information and we can be in relationship with amounts of data and have the chips fall where they're going to fall. And if we'd like to create changes because we desire to get curious about what it could be like to create that change, or maybe we've had that change in the past before and we remember associated feelings with it that felt really good and sustainable and supportive, then that's a beautiful way to integrate the information that you'll glean from gathering this type of data. Now then, as I was saying, the most simple way to gauge activity levels after just a time amount is to base them upon total daily steps. And the steps aren't perfect because a step count isn't going to assess your level of exertion when it comes to A, cardio, but also B, resistance-based exercise and vice versa. Like you're not going to get a lot of steps doing a bunch of dumbbell shoulder presses, but you could definitely be building your strength and really creating um, uh, an increase in cardiovascular wellness if you're doing a lot of uh, presses, but also from a muscle-based standpoint, assessing steps isn't quite as useful, but we know the power of strength-based training. So in light of that, I'm going to give you two ways to look at activity levels, and I want you to consider them as complementary to one another. If you're already feeling good from a cardiovascular perspective, then maybe it's time to bump up the strength training. If you're feeling good from a strength-based perspective, but you get pretty low daily steps or a time amount, then maybe it's time to focus on bite-sized chunks of movement to add into your days. If you're getting some steps and some strength training, then it's simply a matter of increasing both from a daily or weekly perspective. So all of that to say, there's a couple different ways that we can be structuring our physical activity levels, and it's all about feeling good. I know that with our culture of dieting, it's easy to come into the habit of feeling overwhelmed or stressed out or like there are all these negative um, emotions associated with these subjects. But just remember, if this starts to feel heavy, if it starts to feel like a lot for you, take a break. Go focus on something that feels good. Go allow yourself to return to a good mood. When we get really heavy into thinking about getting really thinky, 
thinking about being thinky. Like, I hope you know what I mean when I say that. We get really in our heads. That is the last time that we should prioritize trying to create a change. Because when we're in that low mood, any change is going to feel overwhelming, burdensome, difficult. We'll feel like it's just going to be full of barriers and our brains are going to fight for the barriers. (laughs) They're not going to fight for much else. So again, this is my love letter to you. Even with subjects like this, you you get to be in charge of how you approach it. And if you notice that your brain starts to get really thinky about it, go take a break. Go do something enjoyable and come back to it when and if you'd like to. So... From a step-based perspective, like I said, I'm going to go through five different levels of activity. So the first level is sedentary, the second is lightly active, the third is moderately active, the fourth is highly active, and the fifth is athletic status. So here it is from a step perspective. uh, 2,500 steps or fewer per day would be sedentary. Okay. Well, and kind of, again, like, like I was saying a few minutes ago, none of this is prescriptive. So it's not like you hit 2,501 steps and now you're lightly active. It's all just a general gradient. Okay. So around 2,500 steps or definitely fewer is going to be regarded as a sedentary level of activity per day. Next up will be lightly active. And that's about 5,000 steps per day. After lightly active comes moderately active, and that'll be around 10,000 steps per day. You do hear, I think, if you are looking at increasing your step count, that most people are encouraging folks to get around 7,000 to 10,000 steps per day. That's a great place to be. And that is, you do have to be thoughtful about getting that many steps, but this is why I encourage anyone to get a pedometer. They're 10 to 12 bucks. They're easy to clip onto your waistband or put in your sock or clip to your pocket to wear them around for a couple of days. It can be really approachable for you to start to see, oh, okay, if I'm not paying attention to my movement levels, this is how much I default towards. If I add in 10 minutes here or seven minute walk around the block with a dog, here's how my steps respond to that. It can be a great place to start. So if you're looking to increase your steps, I would just look at increasing by 500 steps per week. Give yourself time. What's the rush? Okay, so moderately active levels are around 10,000 steps per day. Around 15,000 steps per day would be considered highly active. And then athletic status would be 20,000 or more steps per day. And remember, the goal here isn't to get more steps. If you want a great read on metabolism, also understand that when you're looking at steps, it's supportive for your metabolic system. It's supportive for your cardiovascular system, your skeletal system. We're looking at steps as representing activity as a whole. We're not looking at steps in terms of a calorie burn. And I know that that also is a big um can be a big negative influence when it comes to tracking activity levels is that then people associate it with well the more activity i do the more calories i burn and you might see that if you have a fitness trap um, tracking app but those aren't accurate (laughs) first and foremost there's way too many variables um human to human person to person when it comes to calorie burn even depending on the type of food that you're eating and what macronutrients you're eating okay subject for a different episode and as well The more movement we get, a great book on the subject is called Burn, B-U-R-N, by Herman Ponser. Burn like you'd burn a match. And 
he's like the lead researcher on metabolism, the human body actually constrains its energy with more and more and more activity. So there's a sweet spot. It's not always better from a metabolic um, and caloric standpoint to just get more and more cardio every single day. That's why the diehard low calorie um, but high cardio and high chronic cardio bunnies that aren't getting the results that they want, that I think is a big factor why, is that they're both reducing their metabolic um, output because of such low calories and input, and our bodies are smart and they try to constrain energy. So it's a different type of um, a curve to the graph if you will, when it comes to the caloric burn of more and more cardio. So just aim for a middle sweet spot. That sounds good to you. Now then, let's move over and utilize those same five categories. So sedentary, lightly active, moderately active, highly active, and athletic. Now let's talk about those from a resistance training, strength training perspective, okay? Because I do think that that can be useful. And now, To further clarify, when we're talking about those steps, we're talking about them from a daily perspective. And now we're going to be talking about things from a weekly perspective, because if you try, I just think trying to like get resistance training every single day is utterly fatiguing because your resistance training to build your muscles, your muscles grow between resistance training sessions. So it's better to look at resistance training from a weekly perspective, because that then, um, assumes and ensures that you're also um, including those rest periods as well, okay? So a sedentary level from a resistance resistance training strength-based perspective is zero, so no strength-based perspective weekly, maybe one here or there. Again, today's episode isn't so much about the quality of the strength training workouts, you know, when you're walking, There's not much that's going to be too different between quality aside from intensity. So going on a slow walk, a meander um, to a brisk walk, that's kind of the main difference that you can do. But when you talk about strength training, there's your mind-muscle connection, there's time under tension, there's a lot of different variables that go into it. So we are looking at from a, we're looking at it from a bird's eye view, which is great because we're just looking at total amount of strength-based activity weekly, okay? So Sedentary is no strength-based workouts weekly, maybe one. Lightly active would be two strength-based workouts weekly. Moderately active would be three to four strength-based workouts weekly. Highly active would be five or more strength-based workouts weekly. And athletic status would be daily workouts and or two-a-day workouts. So just like I said with a step count, it's not like everyone's going to be trying to aim for that athletic status. That's literally a full-time job. So it just isn't useful, especially from a health and wellness perspective. Most people would do great with the moderate activity levels for both steps and strength training. So that's around seven, I would say even 8,000 to 10,000 steps per day. And then here with the strength training, that moderate activity level is three to four strength-based workouts per week. And that's really ensuring that you're getting not only a good workout that is challenging you and challenging your muscles, but it's also then giving you that rest day. It's ensuring that you have time between your strength, um, strength training sessions. 
Okay, so that is what I have for you today. Today is a very tangible episode. I just want to give you that information, give you the couple of different ways to be thinking about and viewing and framing, if you will, your physical activity levels, the CDC's physical activity recommendations, and then how to start to play around with turning the dial, um, both from the cardiovascular standpoint as well as the strength-based perspective. So thank you so much for being here. I, again, like I said in the beginning of the episode, I hope this episode has found you just great. I hope you are rocking and rolling. If you need any support when it comes to your fitness habits or your health and nutrition habits, the relationship to either, go ahead and shoot me a message. I'm here to help and I can't wait to chat further, whether that's next week or privately in a message, all good over here. So Thank you so much for being here, and I will see you on next week's episode. Bye! Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A-H-A-W-L-E-Y.com to connect.